six with her just staring at my face are you going to be any more capable of like taking down a predator if you're like awake or just woke up this is the argument right uh you're like the karate yeah. doesn't kick in faster the karate doesn't kick in faster is the name of your special eliza Schlesinger <laughs> here um would that ever be the name of your special or a special i probably wouldn't use karate just because it's like hacky karate's hacky would you use taekwondo i don't know why is karate hacky like just people even though like People just being like, I know, I know karate, even though I'm thinking about your line in the film, which is not hacky. It's oh, funny. yeah. It I actually didn't even gets think a huge laugh that. every time people hear it. Does it? Yes, it does. Oh, yeah. You don't think I'm a black belt, I think is what I say. Yeah. Something. I don't expect you to remember anything. I remember your line from... because it was your, you know, it's the one big one, and we almost took out that scene. Because I improvised it, I think. Uh, yeah, you definitely did. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, I mean, did not need to. That's my first compliment. Oh, thank the you. writing. Thank you. There's a lot of compliments I have for you today, so get ready. I'm very ready. Um, so there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of TV shows. There's movies. I think the content, even on Instagram and TikTok, we were talking about with people um, being fired up about um, too uh, aggressive of orders uh, at coffee shops and people getting fired for putting those customers on blast. There's just a lot to consume. So yeah. it's... I want to know after I throw these compliments at you how you uh, feel about the oversaturation of stuff. But mm. I think that good stuff can almost cut through more so because of it. You know what I'm saying? Because I think we're watching so much stuff, at least during the pandemic. I'm very selective now. And something has to like almost hit a certain checklist for me to go, yeah, I'm going to give my time to that. Cream rises to the top. There it is. I'm made of cream. Fuck. That was a way more condensed way to say what no, I No, but said. it's true because even though there's more stuff, it's like, it's just... People's time is that much more precious. Yeah. It used to be there were four channels, three white guys with late night shows, everybody watched. Yeah. And now there's still three late guys with white guys with Hilarious. late night shows. But there's so much that I know something's good if I've heard about it more yep. than once. Yep. Versus like a series with like eight seasons and you're just like, I have no idea the network or what that is. I know. Four channels. Isn't that crazy? What yeah. did you watch when it was a four channel world? Grandma, what did you watch? Yeah. You watched Steve Allen. And probably like who's no? Like, I'm saying you as a kid. Oh, Eliza kid. No, we had cable. Yeah, really. But I feel like we had Nickelodeon. Maybe there's like yeah, Nickelodeon. There were definitely there was no premium cable, and there were right. obviously no streamers. Did you ever uh, get like um? I don't. Did your parents ever put restrictions on what you could watch? Like I couldn't watch certain Nickelodeon shows. There was a show called You Can't Do That on te- Television. My mom wouldn't let me watch that for a little bit. Oh man, that was the best. It was the best. She no, finally let up once I my don't... dad left. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I was going to say your parents' divorce. Yeah. Divorce, I think, is a little bit more like, you could just watch it. Yeah, she's like, I need to do whatever I can to insert happiness. Right. So if that show's going to fill the, the dad gap. Also, like, it was so harmless looking, the dad gap. Yeah. Uh, I It was harmless. don't remember not being able to watch anything, but I remember, you know, you have to go to bed at a certain time, and I had a TV in my room just because cool. we had, like, a, it, there's a whole reason. Um, It was, like, a really shitty TV, but I would turn it on very quietly so I could watch Martin. I love and like that in living color. Yeah. Those are two of my favorite shows. Yeah. I think I'm more influenced by black television than white television. No joke. Family Matters, 
favorite sitcom. In Living Color, favorite sketch show. And what's great is that they were on at a time where you kind of weren't thinking about it in terms of black or white. Yep. And it's only later that you watch like Homie D Clown or like Men on Film or like all these black sketches that were like discussing tropes and stereotypes. But at the time, you're just laughing at what it is. Yeah. And you look back and you're like, oh, this was all like deep social commentary totally. on an oppressed race. Totally. But it was so brilliant. I saw Damon Wayans work out at the HaHa ha when Living Color was going to do a reboot. And he was working out characters and men on film like on bits. Film. And it was so good. It was a, because anytime something is rebooted, I think there's always some trepidation of like, oh man, all right, is it past the prime? I mean, like maybe, even yeah. Dumb and Dumber, I walked Ooh. out of because Ooh. it's my favorite movie. And I was like, I can't watch them do caricatures of these iconic characters. They were too far removed. But Damon Wayans was just in the pocket and so good. And like the stuff that you realize too, there's enough good substance to talk about now like with that character and that uh, world of that sketch i don't some, i don't know sometimes i feel like sketch like warmed over reheated like there's when you do it you've got this passion and you're making a point and the world is just different now and a lot of times i don't think those characters fit in that commentary isn't as scathing and it's not as needed right whether it's him or other revamped uh sketches or comedy things and so you know, it's for a specific audience. I was actually talking to my husband yesterday about like how people just want IP, mm. like the like Cruella Deville, like the the Hundred and One Dalmatians yeah. universe, like the origin story of a woman who wears dog coats. There's gonna be five. That's so funny. There's you gonna know? be five more versions of this, by the way. For sure, if like, it people crushes, like the universe. If it crushes, like, who's Cruella's kids? Right there, it and is Cruella's kids, like Bebe's kids. The idea of a universe. Um, wow, there it is, the universe. That's of anything. What, just keep peeling back the banana and how many other... People just want that IP that was proven. And this is, I mean, Emma Stone's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't see the movie, but just in general, like people want IP versus like taking a risk on a new idea. Yeah. Because then they can be like, see, they don't work. Well, speaking of new ideas. Speaking of new Good on ideas. paper. Yes. Which drops, give me the exact date. June on 23rd. Great day. It's a week after my birthday. That's Th why we did it. Thank you for timing mm -hmm. it out. Um, okay, so first of all... Okay. You're my I've first interview. Awesome. I mean, I don't know when this is coming out, but you were the first. Watch your, your publicist times out, so it's like the last thing that drops. I'm just a liar. Um, it uh, So, obviously, we've been buds for a long time. Yeah. I think highly of you in many regards. Thank you. Um, on and off stage. Thank you. Um, but it's, first of all, when I'm just turning it on, I'm like, you have a Netflix movie that you wrote that you're starring in. That's fucking bonkers. It's bonkers. I hope that's not lost on you. No, it's not because when it started, the whole opening, I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" And I'm, you know, I'm watching it, uh, you know, the free preview um, that we finally figured out. Yeah, um, but it was just very, it was just crazy because yeah. also, you know, for me, I just get nostalgic about it, and I go, "Man, like, you know, I." Saw this girl when she came in to audition for an MTV sketch show that I was working at the casting office. Right. And now I'm watching her in her own movie. It's on Netflix after she has four specials up there. Four? Five. 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 It's okay. Probably about to be six. Maybe. Who knows? Um, it was just crazy. It, it very, like, I thank had to hit you. pause and, like, soak it in, honestly. Oh, thank yeah. you. And I hope you do. I, you know, what hit me the first, because I've watched it several times, and I was in that editing oh, yeah. bay, and I oversaw every cut. Like, I was very- Didn't even think about that. Precious of it. And we had our director, and then she had her time with it, and then, like, per DGA rules, she had her time, and then- Do you get did... to come in and veto things, or- Yeah, I mean, I think just as the creator and executive producer, and she did a lot of great work, and then I just kind of went- She couldn't get to everything. Yeah. You know, she did- a, There's- 
you get in a rough cut, you get an assembly uh, assembly cut, your rough cut, and then she came in and did a lot of great work, and then I went in just with my specific thoughts and notes. So it was super collaborative. Um, but so I've seen it so many times, but the first time I saw it, this is gonna with the Universal logo at the beginning. I was yeah, I forgot to mention that, that. hit me cool because that's not bum, 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 it wasn't like bum, bum, eight bum, bum, production bum. companies that came together to like cobble together one point three million dollars yeah. like Universal stepped said, up and I mean look this is not a big budget film but that was like they put their name on it they did and Netflix when I found out because I was like calling my producer every day I'm like who bought it because it was an acquisition it's not a Netflix original whoa and I was like who bought it and it was months and I'm just like on them I'm like where's and I'm just where'd like, you want it to go. I wanted to go to Netflix, yeah. and I you never get the thing you want. You always get like, so Netflix is doing an incubator program. It's only on bus seats, and he called, and he was like, it's Netflix. And I Watched I it. firmly believe in this career. You get only a couple of like, yes, thousand like percent releases. You yep. only, and every time you think you're gonna get one, it's like, yeah, you know what? They're pushing your audition. You had it, but they closed. You get so few like guttural like, fuck, where it's like locked. Those. Yeah, and I lost my mind. Good. Because even if nobody watches it, a million people still see it. <laughs> that's fucking, that's Netflix. Yeah. Even if nobody sees it, a million people still, yeah. Well, that's not true, as I found with my sketch show. Or only a couple hundred thousand see it and you don't get a season two. <laughs> well, hilarious. But, but, well, hey, all right. That's okay. Yeah, you have because a movie now. Because I can back, yeah. Um, but having all those specials up there has to help with just the algorithm of keeping it. Also, these types of movies, Yeah. Um, you consider it a rom-com? It's a rom con. That's something that what they came that? up with. It. It's a romantic con. Like you get conned in it. Cool. Like if Townsend and Mr. Ripley had like more love scenes. Totally. So it's a rom con, and we had a call with them. We were talking about they were showing the algorithm and who gets like who would be shown this and how you end up tapping into groups that you didn't know you would. You like, did test groups. No, no, oh. no. Like whatever you like. Oh yeah, yeah. It could end up. It is not just for like oh romantic comedy. It also goes into like thriller. It also goes into all these other like branched out groups that you can't even conceive of until the movie drops. Gotcha. And it could be like all these different uh, like subsects of categories. So it ticks a lot of boxes. Um, the twists were awesome. Didn't expect them, and that's Thank what you. truly I dug. But what I dug right out of the gate, and I was uh, texting you this was. You know, anything based in the stand-up world, yeah. being biased, already just uh, highly intrigued. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what'd you say? Hate? Oh, no. I'm like, no. this is trash. <laughs> no, love. And it looks beautiful. And it was, you know, I think you shot everything at the store, right? Stand-up-wise? All the stand-up was at the store in yeah. the belly room. Looked amazing. Thank you. Like, special worthy. That is, Kimmy Gatewood made it look nice. We made it look expensive. Crush it, Kimmy. Yeah. Um, but so that immediately, I'm like, okay, cool. But it was the perfect amount. You know what I'm Thank saying? You. It wasn't like... Like the scenes outside of the club, in the club, the hallway. It was just like that was a backdrop that was um, properly served and utilized. Thank you. And then right out of the gate, it's – I think you have in anything, especially nowadays with just attention span being what it is, um, a, uh, a short amount of time to like pull people in. 100%. And, you know, me being uh, – I think – and you're probably the same way – after you've acted a bit, you're definitely more critical of just performances in general. You know, you, but for also, I haven't, I don't think I've seen you on a show, but like yeah. with this type of magnitude, bigger. Definitely. But I had no judgments. I had no like nerves. It just started and I was like ready to enjoy. It. And right out of the gate, I was like, oh, you've got um, Catherine Heigl, Kate Hudson, Schumer vibes, where I'm like, Thank you. Um, holding just 
you're carrying the whole film. I hope I have a line of athletic wear that I can hilarious make so much money off. Who has of the athletic wear? Kate Hudson. Wow. Fabletics. Fabletics. That's yeah. her. I've uh-huh. heard of that. Yeah. I thought that was Demi Lovato. Nope. I mean, she may have done something for it. Anyway. Wow. But I'll take it. Um. Yeah. Just. Uh. And the writing was strong right out of the gate. Thank you. Which you wrote mm-hmm. it. So duh. Um. It was quick. It moved. The pace right out of the gate was great. Um. Man, I have no notes. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, the acting was great. The um, Ryan Hansen, who uh, plays the um, the other lead opposite you, yeah. is fucking awesome. We gave him fake teeth. I saw that because in real life, he's a good-looking guy, yeah. and like you wouldn't not be attracted to him. You'd be like, okay, it's like a blonde, tall guy, and yeah. I was like, okay, well, give him glasses and big fake teeth, like just something that makes him off because. Otherwise, the movie doesn't work if it's like, he's handsome and she's not into him. It was brilliant. Yeah, because there was some uh, apprehension on your part, your character, yeah. to get involved. Yeah. Um, and then what I really dug was, again, the comedy of it, first and foremost. Like, you're gonna, you you know someone's a comedy. People are going to be coming to it expecting that from you, right. right? Like, your fans and just people that watch it. Like, if it's going to be under the comedy category in some regard. Yeah. And so there was a lot of that right out of the gate. And it looked great. I mean, even also, it's cool in a, in a weird way. I'm like... Oh, she got it to shoot on a plane. Like even that oh. was so impressive. Where I was like, legit plane shots. Can I tell you something? There's a like a plane you can rent. Yeah, and we did it. Airport two. Uh, I don't remember now. I don't remember. We, I know we shot it. I mean, it's a real airport. It's the Ontario Airport, and cool. this like wing that was closed down. I was so impressed by where our director and our producers like where we spent the money. And like I was so, like the day we shot in that airport, I'm like, we're at a fucking airport. Like we get a real airport. Oh, yeah. And that plane thing, I can't even remember because now it was like two years ago. But like, you got to you got to put your money on the right needle drops and the right and everything else can just be in an apartment. Yes. But like, you got it's got to look expensive yes. in the right places. Yes. So I felt really good about that plane. Um, did you? I have so many questions. How do you even start? Um, and again, real quick, the twists in the movie are so unexpectedly great. Thank you. And I mean. Can I even mention favorite lines or scenes, or is that going to give anything away? Do it, and then we'll cut it out if it gives it Great. away, right? Um, there's one part uh, where um, he talks about uh, his mom being sick. Yeah. And you guess the type of cancer at the same time with him. Craniopharyngioma. And then you smile, and I start laughing. And then you're like, I'm sorry for laughing, but I played a doctor on a show, <laughs> and I remember this. T- and it was such a, you know, a brilliant heart heavy comedy like boom right at the same time where it was like you cut through that but still maintained like the i'm not like discounting like your mom's cancer i just also have to not it'd be it'd be uh, rude of me to not acknowledge the fact that i still remember that i'm a comic and i gotta put a joke here hilarious thank you there was a lot of those moments and i think that a lot of those moments and that's what i loved and i think that's what a lot of people are gonna dig is Uh, the amount of heart that's immediately balanced out with comedy that's the other thing too you know you got to pick the tone and like that's a thing that i'm always like when you pitch a movie you're like tonal comps and then you tell them the movies that it's similar to and you kind of don't know until you go like until you start writing it and you get in there with the acting and the way i write i really you got to find the honesty and the heart which was why and, and this is a true story yeah. this man did lie about his mom having cancer that's what i'm gonna ask oh yeah this, so this whole thing is loosely based on it's based it's mostly based on it's a lie mostly based on a true story. I'm sorry. It's a true story mostly based on a lie. That's what we've been saying. Wow. And I can't say it's a true story because some of the stuff doesn't happen yeah. toward the end, but that is all very based on a real thing. On you being involved with somebody that maybe you weren't 
normally yes. going to get involved with. Yes. And then you got taken for a ride. Got taken for a ride. And, you know, in writing this, because it started out as something cathartic, but there's no pain there now. Like, this isn't something I would ever cry about. And it's I, I'm, I consider myself a pretty healthy person. Like, it's super processed. Like, yeah. I'm married. Like, yep. I had boyfriends before him. Yep. Like... It's not um, there, it's not a revenge thing. I don't care if this person ever sees this movie. This isn't like I get the last word. This is about being an artist and about going through something traumatic, which it was, and then turning it into something positive to work for you. And which is the benefit of what we do. I feel which like. is especially through just through. as a stand-up getting totally. up there. Oh, I somebody hurt me, and then you make light of it. Yeah, and, and you're almost over it that night. Almost over it. And it feels good because people are laughing with your pain and at your pain. And what I got after I shared this story the first time and the more I talked about it, more people were like, that happened to me with the exact same story. I've even talked to a woman who dated this same person. Holy shit. Like he was just a total psychopath because and I actually don't mind that it happened because you can't go through life thinking suspicious of everyone. It isn't like the lie was something you would think to check someone on. Like, if you told me I went to Ralph's yesterday, why would I verify that? Right. Why would I verify that you went to USC? I don't have time for that. You know, it's not like you said you went to the moon. Right. Um, and I also, you know, there's always this... Neil Armstrong, by the way, spoke at my graduation. That's a weird thing that you said. That is weird. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. And he um, got up there and he goes, I went to the moon. Good luck topping that shit, cocksuckers. And I'll, like, and Wow. Then, yeah. No, he didn't. He's really blue. Yeah. Um, they crushed. <laughs> He, yeah, he really had to top going to the moon in his own speech. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there was also, you know, as I was writing it, there's always this need that, like, a woman gets taken down a peg. There's always, like, a journey, right? Your main character you always want, like, and how do they come out at the end? And I was like, you know, I don't believe she needed a correction. Like, yeah, she might be jealous of another girl. This is all in the movie as backstory. But I think I wanted to create a character where maybe right off the bat you're like, I don't know if I like her. And then you wonder, like, do you not like her because she's strong? And I know that I've been critiqued for that. And totally. I'm like, I just showed up and did my job. I don't, not all women need to be taken down a peg. Not all women like made a mistake in love. It's like, no, you went to it with open eyes and an open heart and you got hurt. But I wanted to kind of create a woman that I didn't feel that I had seen. And that was very true to what I wanted to write. Yeah. I don't feel like I've seen this uh, version of a gal being portrayed. She's like, not a mess. Like a lot of times it's like, Sorry, I in my mouth. Yeah. Let me put it back. Sorry, we'll cut this out. It's always like, she can't get her act together. Yes. And I was like, I've always had my act together. Yeah. I've always paid for everything, had my own home. So this wasn't like- I like that you stayed true to that and didn't want to like kind of cater to the- Yeah. Did anyone try to step in and be like, you know, like the movie will- People like to see someone a little more disheveled at the get-go. It's always that. It's always the girl falling into a bush, dropping her coffee. I was like, I'm not clumsy. Like, I'm not a ballerina, but I'm definitely not. Cl I don't, as an adult, when's the last time you fell? Right. Like, you'd be in the hospital. Yeah. And Hilarious. we definitely went through, before we got our director, you know, I went through several rounds of notes with another producer. And it's funny because all the changes I made with that producer when she left the company, everything went back to the way it was. Whoa. And Kimmy came in and she was like, what about this? And I was like, that is the way that I fucking had it. So we went back and and did it so that she is, I didn't want to make her like, I'm just a struggling comic because it's so relatable when a girl's like, I just, I'm trying to piece my life together. It's like, we've seen it. We've seen the struggling waitress. Yeah. We've seen the girl that walks dogs. We've seen all that. I'm like, isn't it more inspiring to see the one that's like, 
just trying to build on what's happening. Or that's where I have been, where it's like you're kind of in the middle. You're doing fine by yeah. all accounts. You're not where you want to be, but yeah. you'll never be where you want to be. Nope. And it, women never get to discuss that frustration. It always has to be like, I just can't be a star. Instead, it's Until like, I no, meet the right guy. That or like, I'm just trying to get ahead. And it's just like, she's in the middle of it. And I think there's something to be said for this story is not about a girl who's frustrated and life isn't working. She's kind of just doing whatever. And, it, you know, it's okay that you date like hot guys who are dumb. Then it's the idea like, should someone be able to take your right to choose away from you? Yeah. So there's a lot of like, sub topics I, I like, guess I like that you took your time too with like making a choice to go after this person that maybe wasn't someone you uh, ever thought you would spend time with um, and is that something that girls think about a lot like how often are girls I don't want to say settled but like because the, who you know Ryan's character who you um, end up getting involved with you know you had all these apprehensions about it how often are girls doing that and then finding and then spending more time and then going you know what like maybe I should I mean, I've heard girls say, well, it's in movies or life, be like, my therapist said I should do jump out of, date out of my comfort zone. Right. Is that, how often is that going on in a gal's mind? I think it's, you know, as you get older, of course, it's not that you have to lower your standards, but and I talk about this on stage, but like they're negotiable. Gotcha. Like I remember when I met my husband, I was like, I don't want to date a guy who has roommates because I owned a home and like, I don't want to come out of your room and there's like dudes there. Yeah. I didn't want to date a guy that had kids. This is at the time, you know? And I met him and he was like, I live in a house with two of my best friends. And I told and they're him- they're 14. <laughs> they're 14. And I was, he's, I was like, I don't want to go out with you. And it wasn't about negotiating standards as much as I like didn't talk to him for a couple of days. And then I was like, okay. Like Jody Miller, our friend, was yes. like, give him a chance. And what I found out was he was like, I totally could live on my own. What you want is a guy that's financially solvent. That's yeah. what you, if you're a successful woman, like I don't want some guy. I don't have to worry about him. He was like, I could live on my own. He goes, I just work crazy hours and it's very comforting to come home. Totally. And cook for my friends. And when he explained it that way, I was, so it's less about. It's way more endearing. It's endearing. And I was like, oh, that's a good answer versus like, I can't get my life together at 35. Yeah. Um, but you needed to hear him say that. And hopefully he took the time to break it down like that. And then everything did. was perfect. But, yeah. um. I do think with girls, you know, we're often, we're always asked, like, we're often asked, look, you don't find him attractive, but just see if, but see if he's nice. Men are never told, like, she's a wildebeest, but just like her heart. It's always like, she's not hot. I got to go. They can't do it. That's so funny. Women, but that's the kicker is yeah. the dude wasn't hot, but I really became attracted to the personality, which is the thing you should be attracted to. Despite them being hideous. So it really was. That was the kicker at the end of the movie. I'm like, all the things I liked about you were all the things you didn't lie yeah, about. That was a great. You had a fucking Al Pacino <sighs> courtroom scene. I mean, <laughs> no! it's. I awesome. felt so fat that day. Get Rebecca out of here. Rittenhouse is so beautiful that I in that when I would be around her, I kind of like I was like, oh, I see now why men reach out and grab women. I want to grab her face and kiss it. Fucking. And hilarious. I'm not attracted. Like she's so stunning, and I'm there in like an outfit I put together, like trying to suck everything in. And she's just so gorgeous and smart and lovely. And I'm just like, I'm the lead. <laughs> and I just felt like such a beast, but thank you. That's a good soundbite for your next, uh, for next press is, uh, I get the Me Too movement after I hung I out know, with her. I know, she, but I would talk to her. I would just like, I'm like, how can I touch her face without yeah. offending her? How can I grab her butt? She's so pretty. No, you crush it. You look great in all the thank scenes. Thank you. And I know how, uh, you know, you dig a good uh, wardrobe change, and you had quite a few good looks, right? That was, was that fun? Uh, I'm not a clothes, but that was costumes. I was like, look, I don't want to wear anything weird. 
nothing too tough. Well, like in your specials, you're always dapper and like it's always calculated and like, you know. You got to go out for a special. But for this, I was like, let's not. Keep it movie appropriate. Yeah, I mean, I'm in like black boots. Like it's like a tough outfit because yeah. there, there is you have to consider when you're picking the outfits. Like, what do you want to be running around in for mm. a majority of the film? Oh yeah, those jeans were very tight. Um, I also ate a lot of grape nuts. Like I just it was like a stress thing. I would eat like four bowls of grape nuts a day on awesome. set. And there's a scene with churros and Rebecca, of course, because she's like a trained actor, knew fake eat, and I ate four churros. And like I every between takes, I was just <laughs> finishing them. And how'd you feel? I felt pretty good about yeah. that. I felt pretty <laughs> solid. Yeah. Wait, what's the fake eating? Just like bite, chew, don't swallow? Yeah, or spit it out. Gotcha. Yes. And I was just like, no one else finished their churro? <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, okay, so when you finish writing it, is it just like, done, send it off, like, let's make this shit? Or okay. is it, does every, how many people in your world get to chime in? How many do you let chime in? Yeah, that's and a tough one. how long does it take from finishing it to actually getting it to... Okay, so I looked this up recently to see... So I had this idea, and I'm pretty... You were ta- sorry, you were talking about it on stage. Is that how it even started to get going? Or stories to... Was it a story to, to a friend where, like, any, you know, bit yeah. you're maybe uh, organically dropping to someone where the, you see them laugh, and you're like, oh, maybe I could take that to stage. That story seemed to hit with you. Like, did it happen like that? Or? So this is one of several screenplays that I've just worked on quietly. Cool. You know, I believe, I hate that this is a quote for Under Armour, but it's what we do in the dark that helps us shine in the light. <laughs> and I wish it wasn't like an That's Under, Under Armour's quote? I'm pretty sure, or they've opt co-opted it, for, they've uh, used it for them, but I'm pretty sure... Dude, if they don't send you a full workout attire for that full plug. Full water wicking Gore-Tex <laughs> for my 30 minutes of cardio that I do um, for my arena football team. Yeah. Um, and I, because I, I remember sitting in my condo at the time and writing this. Now, no one taught me how to, and I've had, you know, other projects, whatever. And every time you write a screenplay, it gets better. So I just started writing it on my own. That is the biggest thing that nobody tells you. I mean, I don't know. Nobody adheres to is you don't ask for permission. You just do it. People are looking for ideas. And if you can actually write it versus like, I got an idea, just write it. Nobody wants to hear about it. They want you to write it. Because at that level, no one's going to pay you to write it. So just write it. Also, don't get in your own way. Why would you try to like get anybody else's um, thoughts that would like cock block any sort of creativity, right? Yeah. Just let it pour out. Yeah. So I I started writing it and I told my manager about it. And then I, I remember this very clearly, I was in Boston. I was playing the Wilbur, and my manager said, um, "There's a producer uh, that you know. However, they set it up named Paul Burnin. His company's called Burn Later, and they've done a couple of like indie films. Um, and he'd like to meet you." And I'm like, "Great!" And I looked him up, and I was like, "Oh, he's hot. Okay, I'll put in my fake hair." Hilarious. <laughs> Even though I was, I think, dating Noah or engaged, I'm like, "Always oh, better to best, best to put your best foot forward." Yes. Put in my fake hair, and I go in the Um, and he and I just hit it off right off the bat, and it got very personal. Like you're talking about our personal lives. Cool. And, and I, you know, just really got along with each other. And I told him my idea. And he was like, I like the idea. Let's do it. And I was like, okay. And then I went into my shows. And th- that set into motion about a year, because he has a producer that works for him, of she and I going back and forth, okay. writing, rewriting, taking out things, you know. And I kind of had my way that I wanted. And she was great. I was going to say, are you pretty easy to collab with? I love front? collaborating. Cool. And I know everyone says that. But I really, I always want to work with people who know better. Versus like another funny person. Like if you're good with structure, I want to know. And if you've got experience, I want it. Yeah, because what's your forte? Like for me, like I'm trying to finish one right now. Dialogue and jokes, boom. And characters, mm-hmm. got it down. Structure, yeah. story. I have a handful of buddies that are like, 
in a movie, this needs to happen. You need totally. this. You need that. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Had no fucking. But then you'll write another one and you'll remember that. Which, and then yeah. you'll, the more that you read to you. So it's it really is just a practice thing yep. um, to make the perfect film as we have here. Um, so we go back and forth. And then one day I remember sending her an email like she just wasn't writing back. And then I called Paul and he's like, oh, yeah, she doesn't work with us anymore. And I'm like, cool. Thanks for the heads up. But. We gotten the script to a good place, and this just takes this just the machinations of this industry are just very slow. Yeah, unless you are Meryl Streep or Will Emma Smith. Stone, yeah. right? You're just or Will Smith, right? Yeah. You're just gonna do it. Even that, like, it's still things totally. take time. Yep. Um. So I'm always relieved to find out it's not personal to just me. Good. Uh, had the script, and then they, we got this meeting with Universal, and they had at the time like a indie sort of film division, and they were excited about it. Cool. So Universal signed on, and. That so then so you've got that you've got your money um and however they're doing it whatever you got your universal and uh, then we got to find the director you know and for me it was like I want someone who knows what they're doing this isn't an experiment I met Kimmy Gatewood and she was super passionate about it I'm one of those people like I'm very prepared for meetings what I lack in experience I always make up for in enthusiasm totally and, like stick to itiveness yeah it's like how can I get this gig and she had directed a lot of TV um and she got it. And it wasn't like, I need to find a woman. Only women can do this. But she got the job just because she was good. I don't, I'm not the kind of person that like, if some, if a guy was great, he would have gotten yeah. it, but she was great. Was she a fan too? Does that help? I don't remember if she, <coughs> I mean, everyone says they're a fan, but like that could be that they just watched. Yeah. A thing, but it helps, you know? right? She needs to like have a sense of your voice. And Has like... a sense of my voice. I don't, and it doesn't matter if they're a fan, as okay. long as you get the voice okay. in the moment. So she was that. And then she, of course, from there helped. We uh, offered the part. I saw Margaret Cho as this. And then we got Ryan on board and everything else just kind of clicked. And then I have this producer named Han who works with Burn Later and he was great just over. So it just all, I mean, but this is like two or three years from the day I pitched it to him. Wow. You know, just like, is this going? And it started to, you could see it on the horizon. And then we shot this now two years ago. It was in the fall. And I remember because we stopped down for Thanksgiving and I remember we wrapped at midnight and at 6 a.m. the next day I was on a plane to Montreal to film Pieces of a Woman. Yep. So I went from like being like number one on a call sheet to like, yeah, number four on the call sheet but like it was not my film. Like one was mine. Kind of cool though, right? Less pressure? Less pressure for sure. Um, but had you gotten so used to No, no, it wasn't like power nuts, thing. please? No, it was, I mean, well, they did like French hours too so there's like a lot of French food. Yeah. Just very different experiences. It was kind of cool to like leave one set to go to the other. Totally. And be like, just so you know, I just came from a movie. Fuck like, yeah, that's the dream. And then um, we, you know, it takes time to edit and color correct. You got to find your editor, just the way these things work. And then it's waiting. It's waiting to see who's going to buy it. And your fingers are just crossed. You're like, please don't just put this. Like, just don't put it out there. Please don't like package this with like eight other shitty movies and you can buy it like at 7-Eleven on, on DVD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a chance for that, right? I mean, uh, that's, I honestly, I mean, that's the way a lot of things go and it's whatever and there are great actors who don't get their movie sold and they pulled it out and Netflix liked it, did it. And How do you maintain, how do you, I mean, you can't teach patience. Like, you just saying that it was two to three years from when you pitched it that it got, that you guys got back on the train to start putting it in motion. That's... I can't remember if it was 2017 or 2015, but what I do remember is this. I'm in the lobby of the hotel where I was staying in Nashville to record my fifth Netflix special, Unveiled. And it was like, we were doing like a dress rehearsal and I got a phone call 
that said our funding had fallen through. Because you have Universal, but you also get your money from, like, in some cases, like, VC firms or whatever. And the money fell through. Oh, man. And I was just like, why wouldn't you tell me this after I filmed this special? Like, I'm going to do my job. Like, why? Like, on your way out to battle. It's like, by the way, no one likes you. And I was just like, we need to find this. However, and that is on them as the producers. And they figured it out because they're great at what they do. But I remember that feeling of like, oh, that's right. Nobody cares about your feelings as a performer or as an actor. Like, they'll just pile that nobody protected me from it. Just this horrible news of this about this boulder you've been pushing uphill. They're like, oh, the boulder's going to fall back downhill and you got to start from scratch. By the way, go be really funny now because it's going to live forever. When you break it down like that, it's so crazy that we're doing this. Yes. Did you? Yeah. Did I what? Have you seen that show Hacks? I'm on it. Well, next week. Okay, okay, because yeah, I watched my, the whole thing. Yeah, I love her it. speech. It's incredible. She's smart by the way. speech in she, the desert. Yeah. Yep. Nothing has ever hit me harder. She's like, even if you have luck and you have talent, it's still not enough. And she's like, and it never, ever, ever gets easier. And I was like, it doesn't get easier. Yeah. No more. Nobody's nice. Great, right? <laughs> so good. Um. Yeah. I. How do you? I'll be watching you. Yeah. Next. I think it's one or two episodes. I play a douchebag comic. Filmed at the haha. Oh, I can't wait. And oh, that's unfortunate. I have these, uh, I have these amazing scenes with Gene Smart, all of them, and Hannah, uh, oh. behind her, who's crushing it. But Gene is a fucking treasure. I'm trying to get her for another movie. I've loved her since she was the girlfriend on Frasier. Good call. <laughs> She's what, that was my intro to her. So good. She's so good. Uh, from Seattle, so we bonded over that. Went to high school, was close by. Did a lot of um, theater there. But she just was, and the, it was just great scenes where I'm just this douchebag comic that's mm-hmm. kind of. Shitty to this old vet coming in and like don't, Wait, f- don't fuck it up. Wait, a male comic isn't nice. Hilarious. There's a handful. There's a handful. Yeah, but not worth mentioning. Hilarious. Um, You're like cool. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Quick question for you: Do you know that 85 percent of people? That's right, 85 percent of people who play daily fantasy sports lose. I know a lot of comics who play fantasy sports, and yeah, their stories more often than not are about how they made the wrong picks and lost all their rent money, and how they need to borrow 50 grand. Is it really that surprising though? No, the game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention fucking experts, people that just have more tools and more knowledge and more time than you do. You don't stand a chance. Well, I've got the daily fantasy sports book that's right for you. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts you, the player, in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you. Here's how it works. It's very simple. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and then dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Your name, your stakes, winner take all, baby. You have the advantage here. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. The amount of other sports bookie sites I've fucked with and and heard about and have friends participate in and, and make money and lose more money. Uh, it makes Stat Hero the obvious choice because they're giving you the advantage of seeing the house's lineups and taking them on straight up. You are in total control. Stat Hero is the way sports betting was meant to be one on one. So play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash last night, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play by signing up right now at stathero.com slash last night. 
So go to stathero.com slash last night. They're even going to give you a 300% match. That's unheard of right now if you go to stathero.com slash last night. Start betting on the sports that you love the right way, okay? Because I know you're tired of getting killed by daily fantasy sports experts. Don't play the experts. Play the house with Stat Hero, the only sports betting site that gives you multi-day fantasy survivor contests for all sports all year long. See the competition ahead of time. Pick the lineup you think you can beat. Go head-to-head with no pool of opponents. Because no matter how you play, there's a contest for you. So stop wasting your money and give yourself the best shot at winning with Stat Hero. StatHero.com slash last night. Do it, baby. I'm always fascinated by people at your level that do so much and continue to like challenge themselves on all fronts. How how do you where do you get that from? Do is it always because I'm sure people would like to hear, you know, the adversity and the um the struggles to maintain like your own self-motivation. I know I do it cuz like you just said like nobody cares. It's once you can yeah. wrap your head around that and be like if I don't like it's only on me. Like you know, whether it's dealing with through reps or even family, it's like you know. Sometimes I'll share something with my sis or dad or mom, and like their reactions vary. So then sometimes yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. Why am I? Sharing I got it. so excited to tell them, and and then they're they're just like, oh, it doesn't really that not that cool to them, or maybe they're dealing with you know. My sister's like, hey, like you know, the kids are doing this, so right. fucking congrats. But like, I'm raising a life over here. That's exactly, you got to call back for e- Wendy's. Exactly. <laughs> Well, they they don't have, it's not their fault. Like they don't understand the world. A thousand percent. Just like we don't understand. But then it just makes you go, oh, like truly all of the, it it, it just all rests on you all the time. And that can get so overwhelming. And especially during COVID, like how did you, I know you kept yourself busy, but did you have times where you were like, you know, I'm going to shut it down and like take a beat because this is probably, you know, pending another panty, but like. Uh, pandemic. Panty pending. I know. Panty pending. Panty pending. Hashtag panty. Your pending. tour is panty pending. Oh my god! But you know what I'm saying? Like, did uh, did you initially? I guess I'm just going back to the start of the pandemic for you. Did you welcome it with open arms? Going, I know a handful of people did that. You know, are as busy as you that were like, fuck yeah, like I don't have to be anywhere or answer to anyone right now. But then, how long does that last before you're like, I gotta take advantage of this downtime because a lot of people aren't. I had a, I remember this specifically. There was an article. I want to say it was like the New York Times. I also want you to know that sometimes I read the New York Times. What's wrong with that? Uh, no, I want you to know. Yeah. Like, I get it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you're a big crossword gal. I'm a big crossword gal. Like, I was not the New York Times, but it was some publication and it was just like, and then this was like a common vibe online, like in meme posts, just about, and like self affirmation posts, just about like, Hey, you don't have to get everything done. Like, it's okay. You don't have to write the next novel. Like, you don't have to be productive. Like, giving people permission to sort of breathe. And I swear, I remember reading one that was like, you don't have to write the next great novel. And I was like, you don't. While you all tell each other to, like, take a breath and relax, I am going to be fucking locked and loaded and, like, ready to fuck when this thing ends. And that was what got, I was just like, I will take this time in this darkness while everybody else is like, I don't know. And I'm mourning this. I was like, I will be right. Like I will be ready. Well, that way I'm ahead of everyone because don't ever make the mistake of thinking that like everybody's taking a knee when you are too. And just cause people complain about stuff, that audition, that whatever, like they're still going like, just because you're all complaining together, like don't think that people aren't still yeah. working. Yeah. And so I feed on the assumption that people are like, are also just taking a break. Yeah. You can take a break. What's a break? Like a couple days off to chill. I, you know what? It's very hard for me to not work. And I 
did not do it's a Saturday night and I didn't do my sets for a lot of specific reasons. But I found myself getting so overwhelmed to the point of paralysis with stuff. And that doesn't happen to me often. What so does that mean again? Like par- paralysis. That's like, like you, can't move. you shut down, right? Yeah. Like sometimes you just you just you just give yourself a break. Um, and I always have to remind myself, like, you're doing fine. It's okay to not do this one set out of like a lifetime. Easier said than done, by the way. It is easier said than done. Um, but like in the pandemic, you know, the movie was finished. So it was just a lot of me. And then people were leaving companies and people were getting fired. So it was just a lot of me like checking in on that. I really think the secret to not going crazy is having enough projects, whether in nascent stages or fully developed, that you can constantly check on yeah. to feel productive. Yep. That way you're not just like staring at your hands on the toilet like, what have I done? Which is <laughs> also fun. Doing? Which is fine. Did you reconnect with anyone through COVID? Did you strengthen any relationships or uh, find yourself reaching out to mm, people? You know myself. what I'm saying? Mm, I love that. I love that. And what'd you discover about yourself? Look, I think um, you got your good friends yeah. and your friends know you. My friends know like I don't make plans. And if you can come to my show with me, we can go out after. Great. But I'm not going to your bachelorette party. I'm not. I also don't have friends that are getting married at this age. I'm I work and it's my favorite thing. And there was no, you know, you you text with people. It was nice to like FaceTime our parents. We're like getting drunk every night, whatever. Yes. But my husband and I, we both like we started a cooking show. Yep. And we did that really just because as a performer, like you want to perform. And we just started doing it and it became it kind of became its own thing. And my husband got a cookbook deal with Knopf. Knopf. Who's that? Uh, it's like a premier publishing house. Cool. Like they usually do a lot of like very bespoke, like I think it's biographies and stuff, but they do cookbooks, like beautiful cookbooks. And it was the company he wanted and he wanted to do his own cookbook. And they said, would you do a Don't Panic Pantry cookbook? So had we not done that, like that version of it, like he may not have gotten that. Everything begets everything. Everything. Be- and it was just like we didn't ask people like, why don't you have a show on a network? I'm like, because I don't have time to wait for them to figure out that I should have this. So we're just going to do it. We on our own would sit up at night. I'd say, what are the brands that you like to work with? Because we're very like honest people. Yeah. And we would reach out to those brands and I'd say, here's our show. Here's what we do. Here are our tiny numbers. Would you like to sponsor us? And people started saying yes. Cool. And so it is, it's, you know, you, you can, set up a plan. You ask. We just did it. Because if you don't ask, you don't get. And you, but you, you know, that's again like just a very not a uh, uh, you know brain surgery type approach where it's like, all right, have an idea, I can execute just it. Just do it. Get a plan and just yeah, just Nike it or just go for it because most people don't even do that and they talk about it a lot. Just do it, even if it even if it doesn't do well. At least you have something, some sort of proof of concept. And then we took a trip, and I was like, I really want to write another book. And I came up with the outline. He proofread it, of course, because I can't do that. I'm bad at it. And uh, I got a book deal. Like, I just, this isn't, at a certain level of fame, like, whatever you want to do is going to be successful. Like, if you're famous enough, like, if Will Smith put out a water line, you know, that's going to be popular water. Like, success begets success. But at this level... You it is, and I'm seeing this now. Like it's constantly like, what what else can you do? How can you prove that you, like, we're past the come do stand up stage, yeah, uh, but we're not at the like whatever you touch is gold stage. So it's still constantly like, and how else can you prove that you deserve to be here? Do you want to be Reese Witherspoon? In in like having my own production company, that and like I think the Midas Touch type. uh, Sure, I mean you want everything you do to be great. I'm sure Reese has projects that she's looked at and she's like, that wasn't like yeah. my favorite thing. Maybe I shouldn't have recommended that book. 
Maybe, maybe the chosen wasn't a good one for maybe kids. That one. Uh, the goal has always been to be able to create on bigger and better levels on my own terms and not have to wait for someone to say yes. You always have to wait for someone to say yes in some regard because right. you can't be your studio and distributor and all your viewers. Right. But the idea that like if I say I want to do something that someone will be like, yeah, we'll buy that. And you don't. it's not as painful. And it just takes a lot of work. And I think this movie is proof of concept. Right? Yeah. It was a lot of fun to make. I also haven't seen, you know, again, to go back to like the, the twists and how just seeing it not like go perfectly for the lead, you know, and like yeah. see you get heartbroken and deceived and and to kind of question, you know, your own, not morals, but just um, judgment. Yes. Yeah. Be- and, and And then that idea, like you said, of of not wanting to be suspicious of everyone because being trusting of people is an acquired skill set and taste. I think more so probably in our business in LA, at least, you know, from my experience, just because there's more opportunity, I think out here in our business to, to get, um, falsehoods thrown your way and just be buy into shit that you want to think is true and it not be right. I'm sure more so than our friends that live in the Midwest or the Northwest, right? This is a town of total sociopaths. Like this is a town of broken people on both sides of the camera who are just like fully insane and we all demand transparency and honesty and none of us are given and it. sanity and yet like well, everyone's you know doses and so it's it's not a <laughs> like you know you it's you don't want to walk i do believe people are lying almost 100 percent of the time the question is how are you going to let it affect you and are you going to carry that bitterness which some people do uh, I remember after it all happened, I made a very conscious decision. I was like, I will not pay this forward. I'm not going to be the girl that takes this out on the men that I date after. So I was very open with like all the hot dudes after. I was just like, look, I'm I went through something really traumatic. So like we can be cool, but like I I can't like I can't be your girlfriend. But then of course I became the girlfriend. Then of course I broke up with them. Yeah, yeah. But they were all very understanding. You I broke just, up with them. I mean, I'm married now, so but we I'm, definitely parted. Hilarious. <laughs> Have you always been more of the breaker-upper? Yeah. But Whoa. that's not like, oh, I'm a cool girl. I just- No. You know. I respect that. You know. When you know, you know. Yeah. And men always, you can break someone's heart, but like better to just be like, look, I'm just not in the same place. And to be honest, like there's no, other than this total psychopath, like I don't, other than like one other person, like there's no exes where I'm like, oh, him. Oh, Ugh. Cool. Like I'm giving my ex and his parents tickets to see a show cool. and we never talk. It's just. How many of your exes do you have that with? I guess I don't really have a ton of exes. Yeah. I have. So... Uh, yeah, I've got a, a few and, and one I reached out to the last few times I've been in San Francisco and she cheated on me and ended. Ooh. And then and but I still am like when I'm up there. I'm like, yeah, come out to the show. Bring your husband. And. I remember the yeah. last time I reached out, she, like two weeks later, she was like, sorry, just saw this. And I was like, oh, Ew. you might as well have texted me a picture of you guys fucking. Like, <laughs> Is uh, that the guy that she cheated on you no, with? Okay, no, that, at she least... cheated on me with um, a cameraman in Reno when she was living there. I wrote a whole <gasps> song about it, put it on the internet. Why was he there? It. What she were was they there. making? She was. What are you, a cameraman in Reno? What is that? I mean, it was, I asked all sorts of questions like. You know, did he shoot his stories in, in you know, in your face? It was just a oi, whole, oi. It, yeah, it was bad. It was a lot of questions I didn't well, want to answer that's really, to. you know, whatever. But I reached out and she, but then there's one that I was just in Denver and she was like, you know, got this new baby, but otherwise would love to come out. And I'm like, cool. But I have like truly nothing attached to it other than like, I don't know, like it'd be, I'm always thinking too in terms of 
I was just in Atlanta and had a buddy reach out uh, who I used to work with at Universal Studios. Uh, we were tour guides and and he came out to the show and it was like, I always love that. I don't know how you view that. Do you like having just little reconnects, whether you kick it after or it's nice to see. I like, I don't know, It's if it's a fond memory. And even if the ex in Sanford did come out, it's not like I would talk for 20 minutes, but. I think it's. I'm also, like I. Maybe there's something deep on the. I think with inside that, for yeah, me, where I'm yeah. like, you got to see that I made it without you. There's Is that. that. There? Uh, not for me. I honestly look, look. Even though the majority of my first couple specials are about like men and women, like I have really had nice relationships for the most part. Yeah. I don't put up with garbage. I don't attract garbage. And if you are garbage, I don't. I don't stand for it. Like, yeah. and that's part of just. It's not even about being a strong woman, but just like knowing where you're going in life and. Whatever. Yeah. Like boyfriends are like guys that you're with for like several months, but they're never, it's never like a hateful parting. And two boyfriends who I, I mean, I've been married for three years and I hadn't seen in years. One was at a show. He's friends with another comic. And I was like, oh, hey. And there's something so full circle about standing in a parking lot with an ex-boyfriend and you're both talking about like fertility plans. You know, totally. That's and a it great happened scene. with two ex boyfriends. Wow. Like, remember when we would like do drugs and be sexy together and like make out in hotel lobbies? Well, now we're talking about your wife's eggs being frozen. Like, and it's such an adult conversation. <laughs> like, amazing. yep, this is where we are. And it's, it's so sweet <clears throat> totally. to have that because I also think, you know, I love my husband so much. And so there's no to hold on to anger to any of these people that you dated in like your 20s yeah. like let it go different time man. i mean based on what they did but it's like you weren't my match i'm not mad at you and yeah now you get free comedy show tickets do you um i've seen you a handful of times in the last few months i know you never stop writing stand-up but was there you have a great bit right now um involving like the karen world that I in saw which, of the karen which i really dig it's a mo- it's more of a monologue yes <laughs> it's more of a one act yes um <laughs> Which, by the way, the end of Good on Paper has just some, again, great Pacino-esque courtroom monologues. Oh, my God. Thank you. It was great. And it's also, I was like, good for you taking that swing. Because, like, wrapping up the movie like that, you need need that. And and I'm, you know, watching, um, as I was texting you, I was like, I'm invested right out of the gate. And then all I can think is, like, man, I'm in. Like, how is this going to... You know, you get ahead of yourself. You're like, are we going to wrap up the way it should wrap up? And, it was, and yeah. Can I tell you, writing a courtroom scene is incredibly daunting, and here's why. Of course, there's so many good ones. I was going to say there's so many bad ones, and none of us is, have actually been in a court like that. I know. So I was like texting this lawyer that I know. I'm like, I got some questions. Well, I like that you didn't pack it, too, because those are the ones that right out of the gate, you're just like, you better be coming with an Oscar-worthy performance if right. there's like 200 people in there. But also, it wasn't conducive for that. I'm still not sure that this type of thing would like be on a trial, but I want it, like, I, it's like you want it to be true, but you also got to stretch the truth that you want to get, yeah, like that type of whatever. And you also didn't want it to be too long. Like nobody wants to be in a courtroom. We had one extra who was in the jury. please tell me extra stories. He kept (laughs) closing his eyes. Yep. And at one point, the like the eighty had to be like, "We, you need your eyes open. Like we can tell that you're sleeping. (laughs) They need to be open." We don't have the budget to get glasses with eyes on them for you. You got one job. We're here for two hours. Please keep your eyes open. Somebody Um, get him some grape nuts. Yeah. Um, and those courtroom scenes are definitely like, you don't want to go too big or too small. And you're like, would this kind of crime, whatever be tried. So, and I also, you know, in the end, well, I guess I don't want to say anything. So it's, uh, was that, was there more pressure on that to write that? Like when you were writing it, how much just flowed out of you? 
Uh, and then how much were you like, all right, I'm going to come back to this in a week or I'm going to ask for notes on this or I'm going to. You get the notes whether you ask for them or not. Okay. But I think it's like I wanted to have her serious moments. I also wanted to make sure that it was sound, like legally sound. And even like it, it I did do my due diligence I, without giving it away, like the legalese applied to it mm. makes it work. You just it's you kind of got to pay attention to it. But courtrooms are supposed to none of us really know how they work. Yeah. And in a regular court, for the most part, you don't get to testify. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted it to be impactful. And I wanted this to be like a real ex machina moment, I guess. And you had great jokes with the judge, which is always I'm a big fan of that. Thank when you. there's like judge banter oh, and, and you make the judge kind of likable, which yes. that guy was, I mean, was I've definitely seen her in everything. Yeah. Another favorite moment I had, with, again, just a compliment to your Thank acting you. chops, was when you were on the golf course oh. and you did this look and I took it as something else, but then it became about you starting to call, um, you know, this, uh, what's his name in the movie again? Dennis. Dennis, that's right. Uh, out for, for maybe, um, you know, pulling your chain on mm. some stuff. But when you looked over mm-hmm. and you at see uh, at the, the hand, I, before I knew it was about the bracelet, it was such a, like, I mean, laugh out loud. And then I couldn't laugh because I was so like, what a fucking such a funny thing that you did where I thought you were looking at her wave and feeling insecure about the way you were waving oh, and funny. then tried to model oh, it after. Funny. But that's where I picked up on that from. And I know other people will because I feel like I'm not a dumb dumb I appreciate with that. comedy pickups. I think that was Kimmy's, you know, she was really collaborative and really good about, we kind of went back through the script and just giving it little beats, like touchstone beats like that. You're good at that though, but you bring, Thank you. Steve Carell does this brilliantly where he does a lot that's not on the page and you do that. Sure. Whether it's faces for things that, that were appropriately sized for like, just the, the comedy of the moment. He's really good at playing sincere. Totally. And you always, you feel bad for him. He's really good at being like the underdog. And it's tough when you're a girl, it's like there are these boxes, like either you're pathetic or you're like the ball busting lawyer that like loves fucking and martinis and cigars. And it's like, what about normal girls in the middle who are, you know, you're still funny, but you still have these sincere moments because somebody has your heart. Um, what about those girls? Which are the majority of girls? Yeah. So. I felt like I was watching you the whole time. Good. You know what I'm saying? Like, didn't feel like you were ever putting on. Thank you. Oh, act- me. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. I honestly, you and know. I, do you feel that way? I want. We're all our own worst critics. I like playing myself. Yeah. It's good. I think that's why I'm not great at auditioning because I'm like, I don't want to be an 18th century witch yeah. peasant. Like, I really. Hey. Hugh Grant, Sandra Bullock crushed it as a type for a bunch of movies. And I'm watching this being like, yep. Take that, take this, Eliza, put it in. All the comedic greats one. get to do that. They yes. get to be Will Farrell plays that version of yes. himself. Adam Sandler is a great example. Come on. Bill Murray, you know, Eddie Murphy. Like it's always just kind of you being funny. Yeah. Um, and that's and there's so many it's such a spectrum. Like you can have like think of like punch drunk love or um rain over me. Yeah. Like where it's the more sincere side, but you know that side's in him because in the wedding plan, uh, the in the wedding singer, he has those beats, but yeah. then he's funny. So you want to be that actor that like that's all a spectrum of your own skills versus you're just playing Abraham Lincoln. Does it which make is you, great too? Would you play Abraham Lincoln? Sure, wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, does it make you want to do something like? Were you so? First of all, was it a fun experience? I didn't even ask that. Hmm. Like, because you're wearing so many hats, and then post and pre and everything leading up to it, it's almost like once you get on the first day of filming, I would think that. Everything leading up to it goes away where you're like, we're making a movie. But then there's a whole another yeah. bucket of concerns that can arise like, 
fuck i mean just the the day to day and then yeah. when you rap you're like is it going to see the light of day how do you manage that i mean the one secret that nobody tells you about like being at the helm of your own ship and starring in your own movie that you wrote is that you need to memorize your lines oh yeah that was, i like, completely last. it was just so it was so much heavy lifting that i just arrived on like and I did this with my sketch show too I was like oh fuck I forgot I wrote this I forgot to memorize that line but because you write it it and you are I'm so familiar with it just from writing and rewriting and rewriting yeah. like you have you know you look at them right before and you do it and that is a skill unto itself but I yeah. definitely like had times where I arrived like not positive what that next line was um, just because you're doing so many things and then you finish it and like I said I just ran to that other set which was a very difficult shoot very cold and then you just start the editing and you can only take it one bite at a time. That's all you can do is edit it and then you just hope that somebody finds you annoying enough that they want to sell it to get rid of you. And just, you can just, you be prepared for the worst, but you hope for the best. You know what I also loved? The narration. Thank you. You can fuck that up in movies and that is so apparent. It when is it my just... favorite tool. Oh man. I love narration. Your first one was so in your voice and Thank so you. funny and so just... The way people talk, it wasn't. Every girl thinks that life should like you know, Sex in the City. Yeah, it wasn't put on, which that works for that style, but right. But that is also a, I don't know, I don't want to say a risk, but it's like another useful weapon in the film. That thank you. Guess what? If it doesn't play, you're like it can take you out of it. You're so screwed. The stand-up comedy in the film and the voiceover yep. are two things that are so are two devices that are divisive. Like, people have very strong feelings about voiceover. My favorite film in the world is Goodfellas. And every time I do oh, voiceover, cool. I'm thinking, like, Henry Hill. Like, in the end, like, at the beginning where he's just like, all my life I wanted to be a gangster. Like, that, I guess because I admire that type of filmmaking so much, I love voiceover. It gets you where you gotta go. Yeah. And we took out the stand-up. And we thought about that. We're like, what if we didn't have it? What if we do have it? And I was like, no, it you just needed it. needed it. A lot of people said no, but in the end, I was just like, this belongs here because we also had two narrative devices we had sorry we don't have voiceover in this <coughs> we had voiceover and we had stand-up and yeah. they were two on two separate planes and people thought it was too confusing and i was like well let's at least keep the stand-up to bring us through and the truth is the stand-up i do in the movie was totally improvised whoa and then those became bits in real life yeah but i just got up we got a bunch of fans together to be in the belly room audience cool hunter hill who opens for yeah. me who you know yeah who's a very funny comic, he was a heckler in the crowd and yeah. he had a line yeah, yeah. that just says you are. And this is so insane. He got Bell's palsy. Oh yeah. Like that week. And so we're on him and like half his face is melted and we're like, I guess you can't really tell. But in the end, we decided not to show anyone's oh, face in the no. audience. This poor guy like gets in a movie and his face is like his half slow. opening shot on a big screen, I mean. So we just use his voice. Oh, was he bummed about that or did he get it? It wasn't him. It was just we decided not to cut to the audience at all. Gotcha. But like that definitely solidified. At least that's what we'll tell him. Um, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Um, I wonder if it was a 20% less palsy. Mm -hmm. uh, crazy that he got that and overcame that. That's bonkers. Yeah. That's um, very scary. Pickles, we're almost done. Um, White pickles. Uh, the... Um, the stand-up part was necessary. And again, to go back to just like being having your shit together, I dug that because I go, cool. It's cool to see someone that's thriving yeah, and then dealing with real shit. And right. not like, because if you were like leaving the department store and like some sh customer was being shitty to you where you do feel like the customer has control. But like with that heckler, it's like, oh, you handle it. You have control. And now you're back in your life where you're Showing dealing with real life is. shit. Also, the stand-up, 
I think a little bit of it for me was this wish fulfillment because for years, you know, I especially on TV, I'm like, why can't if I'm selling a show, why can't I be a comic? Yeah. And they're like, we just and I'm like, really? Because John Mulaney got to do it. Pete Holmes got to do it. Seinfeld got to do it. Like all these guys get to do it, even though it's in the background. And there was such a people just cannot fathom the idea that a woman's a stand up, but also a human. And then you get like a marvelous Miss Maisel. And I'm like, see, it's okay. Uh And then like hacks. And you notice it's never, of course, about the stand up. It's about their world. Yeah. But part of me was just like, because I wrote a version where she was like in a band, you know, like one draft of it. Cool. Just trying to make it like go around it or just an actress. But I was like, we've seen that. We've seen the girl that's the actress. We've seen the girl that's the writer. And I'm like, may as well just take a swing and be honest about it and get to say, hey, I played my, I, I played a stand up. Yeah. Because it, there's a little bit of like when I see someone being a stand up on TV, I'm always like, how come they got to do it to me? I know. So I was like, I'm going to fucking do it. Also, it's, if you're staying true to the story and keeping a lot of things consistent, why wouldn't you also with that part of it? And again, like shooting at the store had to be kind of cool, right? Like, or is that? You just pay them and they let you. But I mean, is it even, I don't know, just to be a, at a place where you're like, I'm, there's a place where it's it felt, my home and I'm shooting my movie here? That yes. It felt special to me. I mean, the comedy store is like that parent that you'll never get the acceptance from. Like, yes. they're never going to be like, great job. Yeah. But we're doing our press day there. We're going to do oh, like, cool. go, th- you know, through it. Um, so it was cool just to, you know, as a comic to have that home and be like, this is my home club. And we did do this as true yes. with, you know, to, as possible. Also, it's iconic and even more so now because of all the exposure it's gotten. So it's yeah. like an added cool factor for the movie for people to be like, oh, shit. Like- I like to contribute to that because, you know, I was a part of the like the Showtime documentary and yep. everybody has their version of how they see the store. And I like that I might inform people like or they might know about it based on this movie. Yeah. And it's through my lens. Um. Does Noah, your husband, what does he think? How was he through all of it? Was he, I'm just, you know, I'm here if you need me. Or did you go like, hey, will you watch this? Will you, I need another set of eyes. Did you send it to folks or um, family? Like, I had, excuse me. When we were editing it, I had like out. a quick screening yeah. with some people that like I think are really into movies just to get like some takes. But in the end, of course, I just did what I wanted yep. and I kept the yep. stand up. You almost do it for that. Like, I want to hear you say something just so I can shoot it down. I want, no, I really wanted to hear. No, but I did. It's like you have the thing that you, that you really love. And then I just wanted, because I'm just so close to something. Yeah. You know, so, um, he's always supportive. Um, you know, and it's like your wife is, he's now seen me in a couple things where I am kissing someone else in this. And then like there's, yeah, confidential where I have There's a man's butt. You didn't look at it, but it was there. Oh, yeah. That's two different scenes. Um, but, he was so supportive, I think, because he knows, like, that's the way to be, you know? Also, cool. like, Ryan Hansen's, like, very married with, like, several ch- Like, this was not, like, a sexual day at the yeah. office. Um, also, you got three years of marriage under your belt and dating before that with each other. So maybe I, – I am curious, though, like, if, let's say, you were three months into being married and then you got it. Is there a different dynamic there? I think he gets the yeah. type of person that I am. Yeah. And I think he also gets that like je- jealousy is like one of the least attractive things in the world. Totally. And I always remind him how much I respect the wide berth he gives me in terms of who I socialize with and how I spend my my time because you are I am often the only girl. As as I have been forever. I'm not allowed to say that, but I am. It'll be like an all-male lineup, and a lot of my friends are men, and that's just, you know, and there when I got married, there were plenty of men that you're not friends with anymore, but like you or like a Mark Ellis or my friend Greg, like 
if you're a man in my life now, like it's clear that we've never had sex and we're not going to have sex yeah. and like you're down for me and yeah. they're very cool with him. Yeah. It would be weird if I was like, this is my friend Adam Ray and he doesn't want to meet you. <laughs> So yeah, it's a very he's very secure and that's very attractive. I know to me. for me, too, though, as a guy like I remember when I first met him, I was like, all right, like I I think it's important because, you know, I cherish our friendship that I and also I was like, I'm sure I'm going to dig him. But it's like important for guys to like go out of their way to be like, hey, man, like be a person about yeah, it. And like, yeah. Like she's known me. I've known her for a while. And like, I don't want to just be this guy that you're like, it's that fucking guy that you say hi totally. to and hug, hug and stuff. And like I was trying to be. I'm I'm always respectful of our relationship and him or whatever. And it's actually very cute because, you know, he would always come to the comedy store. Yeah. Because for him, like, he listens to Mark Maron's podcast. He's a Bill Burr fan. Yeah. I think he likes them more than me, which is okay. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And I think and it's become like he and Mark Maron went to like the farmer's market together. Like hilarious. I think he enjoys like he's not just like your skin tag significant other. Like yeah. he enjoys being there, seeing the comedy, get a free drink. Yeah. And he enjoys the world of comedy. And so it's fun for him. But I've definitely been around where he's been like, there's been a dude and he's been like, I don't like that guy. And yeah. if my husband says that, I'm like, okay, cool. It's fine to say that too. That's okay You want too. him to say that. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Obviously, it's a very difficult time for everyone right now. We're all uh, challenged in finding a day-to-day routine that, uh, that makes our lives uh, consistent and awesome. And if there's something that's interfering with your happiness right now or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Uh, BetterHelp is a professional counseling service online, private, and it's so convenient. Um, I've used it for a little bit now. It's truly the only way uh, that i found uh, to help get uh, my own issues dealt with on my own time Uh, at my own pace you can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your licensed professional counselor right now they're specialized in depression anger stress anxiety family conflicts lgbt matters grief or relationships uh, sleeping which i have a lot of uh, trouble with trauma self-esteem anything that you share with them is confidential and guess what if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason at any time you can request a new one for no additional charge. There's 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states, available worldwide. And again, there's four ways to communicate with them. Text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's available on any desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule a video or phone session, generally weekly, unless your therapist schedules more. Uh, unless you just are really not sleeping and need to get some uh, some some additional chats in, uh, there's broad expertise in the network which may not uh, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure. It's convenient. It's professional, and above all, it's affordable. All right, it's truly the most affordable option I found. So right now. All ALN listeners are going to get 10% off your first month with a discount code about last night. So why not get started today and start making some changes for the better in your life? You deserve it. So go to betterhelp.com slash about last night. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night. Betterhelp.com slash about last night and get 10% off your first month with promo code about last night. And now back to the episode. I remember when I was in New York and popped in and we uh, and watched your um, show at Caroline's. Remember then we went out and to the And then we after. went to the Polish restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really cool because that gave me an insight into your guys' thirst for 
eateries and yes. just cool spots. And you, we, I remember it was so calculated, but so quick. It was like, we knew what we wanted. It was mm-hmm. like, we want to go to this. We want to try this new thing. Yeah. And we're in a city where you got to be active with those types of experiences. Yeah. And I remember you guys just, I think he found like four and then described, it was like all in the Uber in like a f- five minute. Yeah. Uh, and he like listed a few and read a few and then you were like that one. And then it was like, we went there and it was like, it was so cool. It felt, Thank I felt you. like I was on an Anthony Bourdain show. We, we that's like our down thing. And, like yeah. late night, find the thing. And he takes great pride in being like, it's like a hunter gatherer thing. Like I found the thing that she wants. Yeah. And guys love that. He, he Guys love that. He loves that. There's no, no greater gift you can give the man in your life than telling him exactly what you want and then letting him go get it. Did you hear that, babe? It just, I want tacos. Okay, I'll get you tacos. Whatever you want. Yes, like, dudes, we girls, want to do that. That's all we want. Girls, guys will do anything for you. Anything. Just give them a task. They love it. They're like golden retrievers. I know. They, it's a physical thing. I'm like, can you move that chair? Yup. We don't talk to it. I'll just do it. I'm like, great, because I don't really like moving it. Like, very funny. Yup is a very like concrete, yep. like, oh, yeah. Can we move two chairs? No problem. No problem. Oops, I tore my sack. Like, um, Amanda's in, my fiance's in Chicago right now with some girlfriends, and I'm like, wanted to send them to Second City, because mm. I'm like, just an iconic, she's now just so ingrained in the comedy world, and so, you know, just a part of it, and I'm like, you gotta go in, I was like, I want you to just walk through the lobby, I was like, all these people, and I want you to see this amazing place where um, so many yeah. people have gotten their starts, and um, she's like, no, because tickets were a little pricey, and she's like, don't do it, and it was like, driving me crazy that she wouldn't let me do it, and they were a little expensive, and I was gonna treat her and her friends, but I was like... I was like, in the name of, co- like, this is something I was like, I don't care. Like, I want you to, have had but they, that. they're yeah. filling up the day with other stuff. But how do you guys, and this is uh, now going to be about me, because I'm getting married next April. You'll be there. How, what, I mean, I guess I can't ask for tips yet, because it's not happened. But in the planning of the wedding. Oh, boy. You, when you first, when I first saw you, uh, the first show um, at Tammy Joe's uh, Magic Castle show, mm-hmm. and, and we discussed it, and you started to kind of give me some quick tips about, I think it was like, you know, make it about you. Like, yeah. the girl doesn't matter. You said, um, <laughs> you know, pick the food. Definitely don't let her dad talk. Um, don't no. let any of her family in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you gave me some good advice. Uh, but what is, like, is it easy to look back now and go, yeah, well, this is what I would do differently, almost like with a special? Or yeah. do you, is it truly a case-by-case case you would need to sit down with a couple and be like, well, here's what I would do for you guys? It, here's the truth. It doesn't matter cool. what everybody says. Yeah. Or the advice. We'll go to a courthouse. No, no, no. I just mean oh. like, I could be like, you know, make it about you. But it's, you're not going to take all the advice because you're going to end up doing whatever works. And everyone thinks they know better. I have in my, in Unveiled, I talk a lot about weddings and just how every girl's like, yeah, fuck the patriarchy. I'm not doing it. It's like, and then at the end of the day, it's like, I'm going to wear a white dress. Yeah. Because you want that experience because yeah. it's so coveted, so special. It's not advice as much as something that I'm just going to like warn you. Your wedding Will you will see the true colors of people? The worst person in your life, the aunt you never speak to, oh. will send you a million dollars, and your best friend like craps out halfway through. You will see sides of people that you never, whether it be altruistic or total demons. My nephew drops the n word. You'll see. He's six. You'll see. Yeah. The weirdest it happened to me. I shouldn't have had so many bridesmaids, but it was like I wanted to include one relative and then she dropped out but I'd already asked the others and I didn't really whatever it was cool that's tricky one of my best friends got so fucking wasted oh. that she you actually know this person that she left her and she was a bridesmaid so you're not really there for fun you're there yeah. to help me go to the bathroom 
Uh, thank God my assistant was there. She left all of her makeup, keys, wallet, change of clothes, because we had changed at the venue. She left it all on like the eighth floor, left all of it, and left before we'd eaten dinner because she was that wasted. And I have not really spoken to her since. Bummer. I, it was just but, like, what the fuck are you? Are you this insecure about the fact that you're not married? Yeah. And I just, it's not about not forgiving. It was just like, oh, th- how can I go to your wedding? No. And like, and keep it together. After I've known you for this long. So I never saw that coming. Like, get drunk for sure, but not blackout drunk and you leave your car keys. How do you balance? Well, don't drive. Yeah. Do how do you balance inviting people that, I don't know, shouldn't? I mean, that's what I'm dealing with now is like guest list where I'm like, okay. I want that person there. but And I don't care if I didn't go to their wedding, honestly, no, at all. it's not about that. Okay. Uh, I didn't go to your wedding and you're coming to mine. Who right. gives a fuck? I'll probably be on tour, but I, I'll take the invite and I'll send you a gift, which is what everybody really wants. A year out? Yes. Yeah. It's you already will. 2022. Already locked and loaded. Um, Let me say this It's to a you. Thursday at two. Joking. Oh, I'm doing a bar mitzvah. <laughs> uh, no, I'll be there. I'll definitely give you a gift. It'll be so fun. You gotta come. I'm coming. Is it here? What if we have the sh- your show at the ballroom? You perform at my wedding. That sounds expensive. Two for hilarious. Two for. Um, wait, what were we talking about? Uh, deciding who the guest list, breaking oh, it down. Friends of my old, friends of new. My husband said this because men are usually very quiet around this, and he was just like, "Think about because you have all the people that you feel obligated to invite." Yeah. He was like, "When you turn around, because you're going to be so busy that night." You won't even see half of your guests. I know. She's worried about that. She's Don't like, be worried about it. Well, she's worried about like, she's like, I want to be next to you the whole time. She's like, it's going to go by. Nope, you she's don't. Like, and if we're just like apart. I was apart from my husband almost the entire time. And that's how it is, right? He doesn't really dance. He was talking to people. And that's fine. You have the rest of your lives. Yeah. You don't have to go as a couple. That's yeah. so fully insane. Okay. Think. My husband said this. He was like, think about when you turn around, who do you want to be excited that they're there versus Oh, good, you made it. Like, who's going to light your heart on fire versus like, oh, good, Aunt Mimi, you're here. Think about it that way. If somebody's a real friend, they will understand not being invited. Cool. And it's you can always blame it on the finances. You probably aren't inviting, you know, like 30,000 people. There's the money thing. And it's just really about like, who do you want to have said was there? And if you really can't see that that person you'll be friends with in five years, people want an excuse to not go. They do, huh? Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Well, I know, like, my friends up in Seattle are like, dude, I'm going to come down for the week, like, a break for my kids. Like, they're just pumped. Like, it's... Also, you have tiers of people that you invite. Yeah. And as they as they say they can't, then you invite other people. You also have people that you invite, like, just to get the gift, you know? But you have to be prepared for them to say yes. Amazing. Do not invite someone that you feel obligated to invite. Don't have a backup list. You can have a backup... Like, if you had, like, you have eight openings and you want to fill them or you've got X amount of tables, but, like... Think about, like, this is a special day. Like, do you really care? But then there's, like, family where it's, like, I got my brother-in-law's family that's, like, there's some dicey characters on that front. And I'm, like. It's your brother-in-law. There's no reason. Okay. He, but, he but, has to be there. But that's it. But in my heart, I'm, like, oh, but it would be a great family bonder and she'd have a good time. But I'm also, like, probably no, get fucked you, up. Like, You don't need to be stressed out about it. Let me tell you this. My stepmom, who's great, has six brothers and sisters. And they all have spouses. And they all have children. I initially, wanting to include everyone, sent invitations, uh, sent out saves the dates to all six of them. So that's 12 extra people. Yeah. And then I reneged. And I sent an email. I was like, you guys have been so welcoming to me since I was seven years old when you met me. You always had me to like Hanukkah parties. You always treated me like I was your family. Unfortunately, I cannot commit to 12 additional people if we're also going to fit in all these people. And I don't know if I got gifts from them, but they were all very cool about it. Cool. Yeah. There's an honesty thing there. And if somebody really loves you, like, they'll get it. Totally. So I subscribe to that. 
It won't have mattered. I look okay. back at some of the people I invited. I'm like, who fucking cares? If yeah. Are? Okay, good. Um, the food then, and the music are the only things that matter. Good. Yeah. Put, got a uh, nine-piece band, full brass section. That was Great. my call. I was like splurging on that. Saw it at a buddy's wedding. Pickles were almost done. It's um, all about you, yeah. guys. It, it is. It's about showing them who you are. Okay. I stole that line from an audition, but it's true. Amazing. I auditioned for Father of the Bride, <laughs> the new one. Whoa. <laughs> Anyways, I didn't get it. For the wedding planner? Yeah. No. I, but I for didn't. the Martin Short character, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. I didn't get it. That's okay though. It's okay. Who knows? They'll probably they're probably gonna offer it to Martin Short. Yeah, that'd be cool. What a cool audition though! Isn't it cool to have those though? At least I don't yes, know. It's, it's fun it's to nice say to that. It's nice to get asked to do big auditions. Yeah, it's a little shitty when you don't get it. You're like, I spent all Friday memorizing. I put on makeup for sure. But it's okay. It it's is okay. okay because June 23rd, good on paper, hits Netflix. That's right. And I'm not. Saying this because I'm biased and because my friend crushed Pickles. it. Pickles. Pickles, come here. Come here. But because it's a truly phenomenal film. Thank you. Yep. Top to bottom. Enjoyed it. Going to watch it again. Can't wait to watch it with Amanda. She was fired up. Oh, my God. She was asking me yeah. to wait. I was like, I can't. I have to do a podcast about it. Yeah. Um, but she's excited because she adores you. Thank you. So um, before we end, James Lipton, RIP, host of Inside the Actor Studio, um, you know, was... Uh, Close to show out with a very cool 10-question questionnaire. Ooh. And, um, is it like, like a to, rapid fire yeah, thing? Yeah, I'd like to okay. do that with you right now. You can take your time, but it's most of the answers are quick ones. Okay. Um, so here we go. As James Lipton. You no doubt would have been on it at some point, so we're just going to take care of that now. Okay. Eliza Schlesinger. <laughs> Good on paper drops June 23rd. Netflix. What is your favorite word? Um, and I know you have a big vocab. I do. I'm trying to think of a word that I use a lot. A word that I use often. What's a, um... Paralysis threw Adam for a loop. Man, it sounds like you're like an NPR narrator, like on Walden Pond. I'm just trying to think. Is that a book? Yeah. Wait, what's a word that I use a lot? You have a ton of words that I'm constantly like, did you just Google that? But it's like, nope, she uses that and has been since the fourth grade. I just used the word peradventure, and I had to look it up, and I had to really think about how to use it. And I think peradventure means- Follow-up question. What the fuck does that mean? I think peradventure, there's like a couple definitions, but it- Oh, shit. What was it? Peradventure is like, um, like- but unfortunately, as it was to be, like, but peradventure, it did not work out or something. I still can't. Whenever it's, if they don't give it to me in a sentence, I'm like, I don't know how to use an adverb. Can we accept that? Yes. Peradventure. What is your least favorite word? What am I supposed to say? Like, can't. Like, one of those, like, inspo things. Can I tell you something, by the way? Yeah. And don't judge me. Okay. <sighs> oh, wait. I just remembered that I ended it with a joke. My senior year high school uh, yearbook quote was shouting out some friends, shouting out some family, and then felt like I needed to end it with some sort of prolific message. Mm. Because I think, you know, even if you don't uh, outwardly, you know, exude that type of a uh, approach to life, I think at that point too, I was just like, I've been through being a fat kid, divorce. I'm high gonna, school. I'm heading to LA yeah. on a high note. I'm telling all these people, when you look know. back at that yearbook, which you will, you'll read my quote and be like. Which you will, for sure. Everybody reads them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I put oh. after the shout outs to friends and family, yeah. you know, mom couldn't have done it without you, which is true. true. Um, shout out to Putin. I go, th- th- uh, my, there's three words that I hate. Can't, couldn't, and vanilla ice. Wow, Adam. Yeah. Um, oh man. I feel like I saw somebody do that joke at the haha. 
No. Me. Last no. night. Um, I think, okay, can I do a, can I do a, since you said vanilla ice But I made a joke a there. Word. Yeah, yeah, you right? did. Right? Isn't that, do I get any sort the of a pass? Was planted. Sure. You get a pass because you were a kid. Okay, thank you. Uh, I hate the phrase spiritual gangster. I hate seeing it on shirts. I hate seeing it on expensive moms in Venice with like $800 Peruvian friendship bracelets. Mm-hmm. Spiritual gangster is so fucking dumb and antithetical to being spiritual. And it's stupid. And it's just an excuse to buy a $300 sweatshirt. <laughs> spiritual gangster. Great answer. What turns you on? Sense of humor. Truly. Huge. Oh, and intelligence. Maybe What's intelligence the percentage over breakdown. I probably have to go in to be truly funny, you have to be smart in some capacity. Yeah. I vote intelligence. Cool. Because there are some ugly men that I think are very attractive because they're very smart. Cool. Who I've met on planes. <laughs> what turns you off? Oh God. Um just male comics in general. High school yearbook quotes. <laughs> um what turns me off is excessive hubris and it's not so much ego as long as you can back it up with something. I hate unsubstantiated ego. I hate mimicking talent. I'm thinking of a lot of male comics. I That bothers me. Uh, having an attitude with no nothing to back it up, no work to back it up. 1,000%. Yeah. What noise or love? Sorry. What? Fuck. I wrote these goddamn questions. What noise or sound do you love? Oh, um, it's very quiet. I really like listening to my dog breathe when she's sleeping. Just dog breath. Adore that. What yeah. sound or noise do you hate? Oh, God, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, this is not one that I hate, but that is it, it's grating um, the sound of like a loud helicopter over you. Mm. You don't realize that that's why you've been clenching your jaw yeah. forever. Oh, the alarm that we all have on our iPhones. Yeah. That alarm sound specifically because we never change it. And it to me, it always is like, oh, got to go to the airport. Like I, in, every time I hear it, I'm automatically like 28 hungover trying to get out of Omaha, <laughs> going to the airport. Zero to 60 in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Panic attack city and you're the mayor. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Uh, what's, your fav- what's your favorite curse word? And you can have multiple answers for this. Like just basically like, like the F word. Yeah. Shit, any um, cur- but any curse word. It doesn't have to be the one you use the most, but like fave. Like you hear it or... If you get to say it in a show or you heard, you know, I don't I know. I think a well-placed fuck yeah. is a thing of beauty. Totally. I think if you use it too much, then it starts to lose its sting. Mm-hmm. Well-placed fuck is very funny. Yeah, you're not against cursing on stage, but you don't no. curse a lot. No. It should be there's a punctuation, not just like, because I can't I'm fucking, fucking, fucking. And then it, what do you think about people that are like, like Seinfeld is like, I just don't curse. Do you think, he, like, do you think there's some people that are like, I'm above it or it's just like not what I do? It's just not the way that they are. I don't think it makes you better than anyone or anything. And I, you, you definitely open yourself up to more opportunities if you don't curse. Yeah. Um. But again, if it's well-placed versus, I, you know what word I never use is motherfucker. People are like, what up, motherfucker? It's got to be natural. I heard a guy say it the other day on stage and I go, yikes, that was the second time you've ever said that. Yeah. And it did not come out of your mouth the way it should have. I don't love bitches. I don't. And referring to gals? Just in general, what about like a gaggle of dogs. Yeah, like what up, bitch? Like I just, I'm yeah. not. I don't want to. I don't want to claim that word. I don't care that much. Yeah, but calling that? someone biatch? a nope, hate that too. Yeah, calling someone a bitch, be like she's a bitch, is funny because it is what it is. Versus yeah. like these are my bitches, and it's like I hose. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay. I know. Let's. Uh, we got a long way to go. <laughs> claim it all you want. I'm just not gonna say it. Uh, what uh, What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? 
and it can't be like within the realm of sort of what I do. It can't yeah. be like acting. It no. can't be. Um, I think I would be attempt attempt. What do I like to maybe being some sort of professional athlete? Cool. But it's a little late for that. What sport specifically? Maybe you know what I think I'd be a good workout instructor. Mm. You would. Yeah. Sometimes I pretend I'm leading. That's a class. an alt job you could have definitely done for this. Or that's that's the next movie for sure. A like teaching instructor. a. You know our girl Sharoom over at Netflix. Yes. Yeah. I took a, a cardio, uh, bar, not cardio bar, cardio hip hop. I think class with her. She convinced me to early morning. Ended up tearing my calf three days later oh because God. I was jumping so much with minimal stretching. And I felt bad. I was the only dude in the class. Yeah. So I felt like I was representing, Wait, you know. I have to pee so bad. It's yeah. Like, no, I it's fine. Yeah. Pee. Yeah. Is, is there a pee or can I just go? <sighs> Nothing better than a good pee, by the way. Oh Are we my still God. going? There's still some in there, but I was like, it's enough. We got to come back. Hilarious. <laughs> a good pee is, um, that's not on here, but I feel like, I feel like, well, look, I'm going to improvise a little. I'm going to do some, uh, pull a Lipton audible. What's a better feeling, Eliza? A good pee or a good laugh? Ooh. That is good. Well, one is- That's mine. Fuck you, James. One's relief and one is like adding on- Reward. Yeah. Yeah. Adding, yeah. One, you're- Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, you're adding on by letting go. I would say a laugh and here's why. You're adding on That's the podcast. (laughs) I would say a laugh and here's why. A good pee just gets you back to a homeostasis. Like you were fine, then you had to pee, now you're back to being fine. A good laugh leaves you elevated. You think you were fine before the pee? What if, I don't know. You, I've had to hold peas and I've been in a very distressed the state. The way you are normally is how you are when you don't have to pee. So then all of a sudden you have to pee. That's like if I twist your arm, oh, it feels so good to let go, but I'm just returning you to how it felt before I was twisting your arm. Yeah. And laughter is releasing serotonin or one, one of those chemicals. Follow-up question. Okay. What's better, a good pee or a good orgasm? Oh, that's I, I think I just had an orgasm while peeing. That's how good it was. So can you have both? I've seen, there's some porn like that, right? There's gotta be. Yeah. There's something for everybody out there. What's the rule? It's like it's called like rule 44. I'm looking at my uh, Where if you thought about it, it exists as porn. Oh, I thought that was like the name of the pee cum category. Rule 44? Rule 44. It's like 4chan, yeah. but higher. Yeah. Um, what profession would you not like to do? Oh, anything involving listening or math. I hate math. Uh, anything where the hours are like like a government job where it's like set in stone. There's no room for innovation. You have to just report to someone. Any room where there's no questioning. Gotcha. And I can't do math. So don't hire me. It'll be bad for you. Ever been able to do math? Always been a... Uh... I mean, I can like add. That's it's good. just never been a strong suit of mine. Also, no, not an interest of mine. Once Oop. I saw the quadratic formula live in the flesh, I was like... In action. Yeah, in action. It just made me feel... Who wants to do anything that they know they're not going to use in the future i mean someone's using it it somewhere i just the quadratic formula someone must be using it fuck i think it was just made up to pass time yeah and just get under our britches fail kids keep them from their their first choice schools i mean shit i would have dropped out had it not been for um last question okay if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates everybody was wrong and we made a mistake Amazing. I didn't even have to think about Great that. Great answer. You've thought about that. You were perfect and everyone would like to apologize. Awesome. Mm. One of the best answers we've had. Thank you. Eliza Schlesinger is her name. Thank She's you. a triple threat. No, you're more than that. How, how do, I'm going to name uh, my threats? Yeah. No. Um, June 23rd. I don't know when 
this will go out, but it'll go out shortly before the movie or maybe after. That'll be up to your team. Okay. Thanks. But um, we'll time it right because um, I feel like this was a good, a great chat, but a lot of good stuff about the movie, which I think is imperative. This was a great interview. You are such a lovely interviewer, and oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for actually supporting me. I think it's rare in Hollywood, you know, to have your friends that actually can like come through and like do something. So I do appreciate you having me. Every view I love counts. It. Thank you. It does. And let's not skip over your sweatshirt real quick. The okay. Magic Mike live show in Vegas. Did you go to it? When you walked in, I wanted to open with that. Okay. Here's what happened. Yeah. A couple specials ago, I had a joke about Channing Tatum. I think I say something like, talking about how hot he is, I'm like, Channing Tatum, stick of butter. And then I called it back in another special. By the way, he's with my girl Sandy B right now in the Dominican Republic. She I know. I know exactly where they are. Yeah. And one day, it's actually in my highlights on my Instagram. Actually, should I pull it up? The picture they just posted or he oh, posted? No, none of them. Just us. Me. Him. The um, <laughs> I hope I get service in here. Of course I don't. Do you have service? <clears throat> yeah, what do you want? Just go to my Instagram. Is there a picture of you two? Nope, it's better. I pulled up his Instagram. just like, oh, I don't follow him. Should I follow him? No, you just have to go to me. Oh. Go to my page. Okay. okay. What am I pulling up? And go to the highlights and just scroll all the way. You'll see one that says Channing Tatum DM. Or maybe it'll... Okay. So, okay. So, I have him... Uh, two jokes in my special just because, like, he's just, like, a hot dude. And yeah. it's a great reference for a hot dude. I don't... That's Okay. So, here... That is real. Ah! Holy shit. Ah! <laughs> oh. And then that's incredible. So he wrote me like just a very sweet. He was just like, oh, it's like he referencing whatever it was that I said. And then I called my team and I'm, he's like, I'm a fan or something. And then we got to meet. We took a general meeting. This is how long because Blanche is there. Holy shit. And he was so nice. And I met his team or whatever. And we like stayed in touch. And um, I went to go play Vegas and I reached out to his the people. And I was like, I, I really enjoyed the movie and I'd love to go see Magic Mike. And so they hooked it up. Big time. And I bought the sweatshirt and the sweatpants and the shorts, and I took a group of friends. I made friends with this girl named Chelsea, who's like the MC of it. Cool. And she was super cool. It's actually a very like empowering show. It's not greasy. It's not. Cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. All right. And the dancers are so hot. And so they have been closed for because uh, of COVID. And I'm gonna go see it when I go play the Mirage um, in Whoa. August, August 28th and 29th. I'm gonna go see Magic Mike for the early show. Wow. I'm a fan. That's awesome. It's a good show. What a crazy thing that he spun that off from the movie too, right? Yes. I mean, that's talk about double branding. I mean, that's one of the moves they do. Touches gold, yeah. Double the double branding. Double brand. I got lap dance. It was great. Was it great? It was cool because they're all very talented. It's not just like dudes. Not just a giant wiener on your lap. Which is fine. Actually, yeah. that's gross. If it's not one that you're having sex with, it's a yeah. little gross. They were all just really cool, and it's a really good show. I love it. Magic Mike, baby. I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. Um, June 23rd. Good on paper, and uh, the tour is out and posted at eliza.com that's it you're just hitting the road again and just i mean everywhere gotta make up is it exciting i love it yeah you're gonna crush it thank you your fans are bonkers that was also cool seeing just all the videos at the beginning of the film of like you're setting up that you're a successful comic can i tell you something thank you we used just footage from my phone i know you did and then there's one scene in the 
green room of the belly room, we had to like go and shoot our own footage on my phone just to get that B-roll. Yeah. There's just some comic in there. And I was like, hey, man, just pretend that we're talking and then sign this release. I don't know that guy. Amazing. <laughs> so it's a combo of footage I had and then footage we shot. Yeah. Your fans are arguably some of the best in Thank comedy. You. They because are the best. The gifts and the costumes. I mean, but that's also you creating all this stuff for them to get behind. But that's also then the connection they feel to you and wanting to do it. It's like, man, that's a dream. I, you know. Not that you get into it to have fans come like support you in that way where they're dressing up and making Wouldn't have things out yeah. of your jokes. Because you're not writing the jokes being like, this would be a good gift Correct. for them to give me based on this line. Right. And then it happens. Crazy. It's just an example of once you create art, it's no longer yours. Like this movie, whatever is. my intention was, and I can try to control a narrative, like whatever it becomes. Oh, get ready for all the messages of people being like, oh, yes. how much they've connected. Like, that's what's kind of cool about it. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of people that are like, man, I've gone, like, mm -hmm. I got closure from something, or I'm in this currently and you're shining a light on it, yeah. or I also am dating a dentist with big teeth, and like, <laughs> that's just a red flag that I wasn't focusing on, and now it is. Now it's over. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool. cool. It's cool. Thank Good you job. so much for having me. I love me. you. You're the I best. I love you. Okay. Oh,